When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice. You'll hear him on the global game returns October 17. Gee, that's only a couple of weeks away from 8 p.m. around the country. He's the voice you heard through the world feed for the Women's World Cup. We're talking about the great man, the consummate professional who joins this show, who's not really aligned with consummate professionalism, but it is Simon Hill. Hello, mate. <laughs> that was a hell of an intro, Joe. That's you, okay. Mate? How are you, Simon? You well? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How was it having the world feed? Like that, mate, it's a big assignment. Uh, y- your golden tonsils being broadcast out there to the world. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know, travelled around a bit. Uh, I had a few weeks in Melbourne, then I went to New Zealand and uh, and then to Brisbane. So a bit of travel and uh, the games obviously were terrific. You know, full stadiums wherever we went, um, helped by the Matildas doing pretty well during the tournament as well. So, yeah, it was the first time I'd done the world feed. Uh, for HBS, so uh, I really enjoyed it. It was great. Where does that stack for you, Simon? You've obviously done a lot of big events, big um, men's World Cups, Champions Leagues, EPLs, you name it. Where does the Women's World Cup in Australia stack up for you? Well, to be honest, I don't, you know, I don't sort of have them in a ranking order. Every big event you do is, uh, you know, it's something else to tick off. And I, I've never actually done a Women's World Cup before, so that mm. was something new for me. Uh, a World Cup in the country where you live uh, is something very, very special as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, they're all on a par for me. You know, Men's World Cups, Women's World Cups, there are certain grand finals that I look back on with huge fondness. I, I called an FA Cup final many, many years ago at the old Wembley Stadium uh, when I was working for the BBC. So, you know, they're all in a in a in a list of uh, nice things that I've done, and uh, hopefully, I'm not finished yet. Hopefully, there's a few more new experiences to come. I'm not that old. No, <laughs> uh, you're a whippersnapper, they call it, uh, Simon. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about the EPL and and there's there's two teams only in the Premier League who are undefeated, and by that I mean they haven't lost a game. So obviously, the leader of the competition at this stage is Man City, but they have lost a game. Um, Tottenham, on the other hand, Ange's side, is one of two who have not lost a game. Can this keep up, Simon? Well, time will tell. Um, he's certainly made a very good start, uh, not just on the field, but I think his approach to dealing with the public and the media has won him a lot of friends very quickly in London and in the UK generally. Uh, and he's ingrained in his team, you know, the attacking ethos that you know, we all know about in this part of the world. But I think has come as a really pleasant surprise to Tottenham fans because they've been fed a diet of football that's perhaps not been as pleasing on the eye over the last few years under the previous regime. So <clears throat> he's made himself very popular very quickly. That can all change, of course. You know, one or two bad results and uh, the questions will start. That's just the nature of the beast. But he knows that. You know, Andrew's been in the game a long time. Um, they were a little bit fortunate to get over the line against Liverpool at the weekend. A um, lot of controversy. They ended the game with nine men, Liverpool. And there are big tests to come against the likes of Man City and 
uh, you know, Man United, Chelsea. Uh, it's a long old season. So I don't think Ange will be getting too carried away, but uh, he's enjoying the start he's made. I think he's he's loving life in in England. Why wouldn't he? It's, you know, one of the meccas of football. It's front and back page every day. He's in his element because he's a true football man. And I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for him that things are going so well. With Tottenham, they're probably, say, one or two big names off having a squad that could challenge, um, say, for, for the title. Um, Simon, do you, how does the transfer system work over there now? Will they have a better chance now that Ange has somewhat proved himself at the front end of the season of maybe signing on one or two big names mid-season? Well, to be honest, you know, they had a big name, probably the biggest name in English football mm. in Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, and he left at the start of the season. That hasn't done them too, many, too much harm, has it? So I don't think it's necessarily about big names. It's about getting names into the squad that fit the system he wants to play. And we know that Ange is very demanding. Uh, and also, which will come into play later on in the season, it's the depth of squad. It's uh, having, you know, virtually two players for every position now. You know, you mentioned Manchester City, and obviously I'm a little bit biased because they're my team. Uh, and City lost at the weekend, but City are carrying four or five injuries at the moment. And even for a, a club, you know, the size of Manchester City and all the success they've had in recent years, if you don't have a, a, a really in-depth squad, then you're going to struggle. And, uh, you know, but those names will be back for City at some point throughout the season. Um, and for Tottenham, it's about building that depth uh, when the games come thick and fast, particularly around Christmas and then again at Easter where you're playing, you know, once every two or three days, particularly if you're doing well in the Cups as well. Uh, so it's it's going to be an interesting challenge for him. And uh, as I say, it's still early days. I'm not trying to put a dampener on thing. He's done a terrific job so far. Uh, but Ange knows that there's there's a long way to go yet. It's a good start, but uh, it, it's nothing more than that. Hey, Simon, often when you see these sorts of uh, success stories, I suppose, and as you say, it's only a start at this point. However, sometimes people go fishing in the same sort of areas. Who's What's the cab rank for the Australian managers? Who, who's next in line? So if somebody said, oh, geez, the Ange experiment has worked well, let's look for Australians elsewhere. Who would you say, what's the hierarchy there at the moment? Well, I mean, the, the name that's been very strongly linked with a move to Rangers at the moment, because they've just sacked their manager, Michael Beale, after a run of uh, poor results, is Kevin Muscat. Uh, obviously, he's he's followed very much the, the same trajectory as Ange Postacoglu. Uh, he was his assistant at Melbourne Victory. Uh, then he went to Japan, succeeded Ange as coach of Yokohama F Marinos, where he won the championship last season. He's doing well again this year. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation that he may go to Rangers, where, of course, he was a player uh, a, a decade or two back. So, you know, Muskie would, would certainly be one. Um, you know, there are others who've, who've made the, the leap and not been quite as successful. Paddy Kisnorbo, who did really well with Melbourne City, uh, is under all sorts of pressure at the moment because his team in France, uh, Trois, who are part of the City Football Group, got relegated from the top flight in France last year, and now they're struggling near the bottom of the second division. So, you know, it, 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 the passport is not a magic elixir to, to success. Mm. Um, but, you know, it certainly helps the visibility. And the one thing that, you know, I would ask people generally is whilst we're all basking in the warm glow of Ange Postacoglu's success, 
a lot of those same people were probably ridiculing uh, Angie's achievements with Brisbane back in the day. Well, you know, the journey has to start somewhere. Correct. And perhaps we should be a little bit more proud of our own competition here in Australia because that's the starting point for a lot of these coaches. Absolutely. And you can catch that on Paramount Plus. Watch every match of the A-League live on Paramount Plus. The Champions League second match day starting tomorrow. Arsenal have been let off the hook after failing to appear for a Champions League press conference. Now, the Gunners played their first Champions League fixture since 2017, Simon, uh, when they defeated PSV Eindhoven 4-0 at the Emirates. Um, What a competition that is. Best of the best, of course. Uh, How do we see that playing out? Well, look here. Arsenal will fancy their chances of going a long way in that competition. Obviously, they had a very good season domestically last year, which got them back in that, uh, you know, the elite competition, which, uh, of course, Manchester City won in in the final last year, defeating Inter Milan. So Arsenal will have aspirations to go a long way. And again, it's, you know, it's about building that squad depth, which I think Mikel Arteta has done pretty well at uh, with his transfer business during the offseason. You know, they've had a good start to the campaign as well. Um, I, I, you know, I think all the, the teams from the Premier League, given the, the financial strength of the competition, have got to be expecting to make a, an, in, an impact on that uh, Champions League tournament. Uh, whether one of them can go on and win it or not remains to be seen because there's lots of other good sides in Europe, Real Madrid, uh, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, etc., Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, there's a lot of competition. Uh, as you rightly say, it's the cream of the cream. So, um Again, it's it's early days. They've they've only just kicked off the group stage, so uh, all will be revealed. Back here on home shores, Simon. The A League's not far away now. I'm sure teams are making their final preparations. Uh, can the Mariners go back to back this season, or is there another contender? So, and you know, in common with a lot of A League clubs at this time of the season, uh, there's been a lot of change, and the Mariners have lost a fair few players, you know, that did them so well last season, particularly Jason Cummings, who has uh, gone off to chase uh, a few more uh, dollars in India. Um, Sammy Silvera has has gone to Middlesbrough. Uh, There are others sort of fringe players like Maresh who've who've left the club as well. Uh, And crucially, of course, Nick Montgomery has, has gone to Hibernian. Another, even though he's not an Australian coach, but another coach who's learned his craft in the A-League and has been given an opportunity in Scotland with Hibernian. So the new coach is a guy called Mark Jackson, who's from Leeds in England. I don't know an awful lot about him. He's got a big act to follow. Uh, What tends to happen in the A-League is that the champions come back to the pack for next season, partly a function of the salary cap, of course, which is uh, another topic of debate entirely, but also because successful clubs tend to attract interest from overseas and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a league that sells players. Most leagues around the world are like that. So, uh, you know, as long as we get the right transfer fees for players and coaches, I'm okay with that. Um, as for the Mariners, whether they'll win it again, yeah, uh, debatable. We'll, hey. we'll, we'll find out once they kick off. Jason Cummings, of course, uh, the cum dog millionaire. Mm. Brian from Bondi has just texted <laughs> in. Now, Brian from Bondi just happens to have the same number as Brian Fletcher. Uh, Simon, and he's claiming <laughs> that he gave you that cum dog millionaire statement. Is that right? He did. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to, to the big man. Yeah. yeah. I owe him a beer. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Simon. Hey, we appreciate your time once again. You're always uh, a welcome addition here on the run home with Joel and Fletch. Thank you very much, Simon Hill. Cheers, guys. Have a good week.